on the Spencer's of Pez, poking out at the cons, Renaissance fest, watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. up fanboys this here it's the fanboy planet podcast and here is your host a man who has memorized the book of mormon mr Derek randall mccaw i know some of the lyrics so. yes this is randall <laughs> randall that's your middle name isn't it no oh. although it's not bad if i had to choose a middle name that would be better than the one i actually have what is your middle name i'm not gonna say um, Dwight. No, that would be good. Derek Dwight McCaw. <laughs> Is it a body part? DD. No, no. Well, then it can't be that bad. <laughs> part of the female anatomy. Derek Knee McCaw. Knee? Uh, <laughs> no. But regardless, I am editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. And we proudly. are here podcasting proudly the last week of September. My God, where did September go? Where did the summer go? Yeah, It's the fall right what? now. What? It's the fall. It's autumn? It's, it's autumn. Oh, if Moon. ever I would leave you, it wouldn't be in autumn. Okay, so and uh, no, that, to That's my right, right uh, is our announcer and fantastic edition. I am Nate Costa. Yeah, He's kind of an absolute addition. He's an absolute. And across from me is our podcast producer, Moral Compass. I know. I felt like it should be something else to it. <laughs> I'm waiting for the trio. Rick I, Man I, of Leisure. Man uh, of Leisure. International Man oh, of Leisure. Man, we hate him. Rick right. Brett Snyder. Okay. And so here we go. All right. We, uh, we've we got some comics news. We want to talk about Trickster, the independent comic show. We're finding a home. Uh, some, some more complaining about DC's zeros and revamping of everything. What's some, a DC zero? It, it's no calories, but it has... Uh, it's like a flat battery. Yeah, it's good. So it's like diet soda. It's, it's really crappy compared to the good stuff. That's that's yeah. Wow. <laughs> so not nearly as many calories. Talk a little bit about Marvel and looking at some other books that have launched this week uh, as well. We'll talk about some movies. Uh, the year of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. A new JLA rumor that's going to blow your mind. Uh, the Comic Con uh, curse has been broken or or proven, I guess, by the. Failure of Dread, um, and we're going to talk about it's TV shows and DVDs that have become available this week. Um, and before we do that, of course, I want to mention that uh, if you are listening to this, uh, you might have gotten it off iTunes. So please do rate us, subscribe to us, tell your friends if you like us, and of course, rate us favorably. That's what I hope for. But if not, you can still be honest. And let's uh, and also listen to us on the Stitcher app, or you can find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. Definitely tell a friend. And if you like us, uh, definitely drop a little, you know, maybe donation on that PayPal. Okay, I'm going to be. Coinage. Desperate about it. Coinage? Mm, yeah. Virtual coinage. We're uh, worth at least half of what they pay for a single comic book, don't you think? I, I think that's fair. I yeah. do think that. Uh, it certainly, we do advisories. We tell them what not to It certainly takes me longer to listen to the podcast than it does to read a comic book. Uh, yeah. 
you know, so there. Uh, that's it. But you can do it while you're driving your car. That's true. And you can't do that. For the most part. Or... You can yell at me. Uh, for that alone, that should be worth like two ninety nine. the chance to yell at me and call me an idiot. Uh, so... You know, there are people who paid much less to do that. Wait, more to do. No, no. there are people who paid to do that. They just pay. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so shall we just get to, and of course we have a, a special guest tonight. You know, I, I just, I think we'll just put this up top is that uh, we do have a celebrity interview. Uh, I got the chance last week. Well, last week we, on the podcast, we reviewed the film. Uh, I reviewed the film FDR American Badass. And then the day after the podcast, I got the chance to actually talk to the actor who portrayed FDR, American Badass, Barry Bostwick, who, of course, has been uh, just uh, an incredible uh, influence on me, I suppose, uh, from his first uh, first screen appearance as Brad in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Wow. To, and this is what I thought uh, Nate was going for, his appearance as Mayor Randall Winston on Spin City, uh, fantastic, fantastic timing, and that was not what Nate was going for. He's already gone to the tweet deck, and uh, he's lost all interest. But anyway, I got a, ch- a chance to have a conversation with Barry Bostwick, so let's listen in, shall we? Hello. Okay, Barry, go ahead. Okay. How you doing? Good. So, Mr. Bostwick, excellent. Well, it's a, an honor to be able to talk to you. Um <laughs> So let's talk about FDR, American Badass. What attracted you to this project? Was it a chance to play FDR or just a chance to play a badass? Just the title. I think uh, I think um, if the script was as good as the title, which it ended up being, I was hooked immediately. Um, uh, the, the genre-busting attitude, the... Um, over-the-top, uh, slightly uh, uh, deadpan uh, take on the whole period and the uh, and uh, the drama of the period, um, and the fact that uh, I got to sit down for most of the movie. <laughs> so that's what you're looking for in a script these days. Yeah, I'm, yeah. The next one I want to be uh, I, I totally paralyzed in a bed with just my mouth move. Okay. <laughs> and I want to get paid lots of money. All right. So this is the kind of comedy that's really difficult to pull off. I mean, it, there is a deadpan, but it's it's obviously in seconds incredibly over the top, uh, for lack of a better word, I guess, campy. Um, and so when did you know it was really working? First day. I mean, you know, because you sort of set the you set the tone. You set well. You set the tone and. And things even before the first day, you set the tone in the cigarette holder, which is about two and a half inches longer than the one he really had. You know, uh, the hat, which was just a little more wrinkled. You know, everything is just a little bit heightened. And um, um, uh, and then you set the, to- the the tone is set by um, um, the sets that you walk onto, which are either minimalistic or or bright and over the top. Uh, uh, and then your job is to not be over the top. Your job is to be as real as possible, surrounded by all of these over the top elements. Uh, whether it's the words, the script, the the, the situation, the, uh, uh, the 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 makeup on the you know on the werewolves or whatever. I mean, you have to play them totally real. It's it, it, if we did it with a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and tongue in cheek, it just doesn't work. It's it. it you can't 
you can't approach these movies like that. You have to totally believe them as an as an actor and and as a character, um, and let everything else around you carry you, you know, into the universe. Yes. Okay. You are definitely one of those actors. You are uh, an all-around talent. Obviously, you know Danny Zuko, way back, way back then in the '70s, and you've done drama, you've done action, and so, and here you are now. You know, it's kind of in some places very heavily green screen. Um, what kind of acting tools do you draw on for a film like this? Uh, my own sense of humor, basically. I draw on what makes me laugh. Uh, and 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 being able to um, um, use a side of who I am uh, that is uh, seldom seen by the world, and that is this sort of obscure, weird uh, person inside of me who uh, this uh, unvoluted sort of askance look uh, at the world that. Uh, I find the absurd incredibly entertaining, and I, and I, and when I have the chance to explore that in myself, I will jump at it. Uh, there are elements in some guy who kills people, a movie I did a year or so ago, that had the same kind of absurdness. Mm, okay, that's in uh, a movie I called The Selling. Well, that's called The Selling. That's also on DVD, which is. Um, over the top, and uh, but everybody had to play it very real. Uh, that's a good film. Uh, these all these films have a have a overriding sense of humor, which I find particularly entertaining. And is uh, that where you would uh, like to be working for a while, or are you eager to get back to the drama? I, I always find uh, the comedy much more much more pleasant. Wake up in the morning and know that I'm going to go and make myself laugh rather than make myself cry. Okay, I'll, I'll accept day. that. That sounds good. Um, you know, and this is any, any day that any day that I, where I wake up and I don't have to think I'm going to be playing a lawyer um, is uh, is is a great day. <laughs> okay. So, you know, this also isn't the first time that you played one of our major historical figures. You were Washington, George Washington, in a couple of, of different television movies. Uh, do you find, uh, I mean, I know once, obviously, comedy and, and once was serious or reasonably so. Do you find a similar energy between playing those two presidents? Um, the, uh, the energy... Uh, only in the fact that both of those presidents were adored by uh, those around him. And um, I love being adored by people around me. <laughs> and uh, so, therefore, there's a nice parallel there. Um, and and I think they both felt the weight of, uh, of the circumstances and um, did their very best to solve the problems and... Um, and I, I like that in of, uh, of these quite serious people who uh, realize that there are huge, uh, you know, life-changing issues that they're that they're struggling with. Um, um, you know, whether it's winning uh, independence for the United States or uh, or, or beating uh, the werewolf Hitler, it it's all the same thing. 
<laughs> Very good. Um, well, yeah, so, I mean, that's a, it is kind of a, it's a take in part of a zeitgeist because you followed up on, you know, you're following on the heels in probably in the public's mind, Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is different, you know, being the badass and not, and not the hunter. Is uh, did you feel much obligation to really know, you know, do research into historically how FDR really was? I think I listened to one documentary, um, and I realized that uh, um, there's there's not there's not a lot I could there's not a lot of parallels between his real life and this other than the, the highlights and. Um, um, and the props. I just wanted to get the props right. I wanted to get the cigarette holder larger than life. I wanted to make sure the hat and the glasses fit and were right. Uh, um, you know that, um, and that his inflection when he gave a speech uh, was what we remember his inflection to be. But not use it all the time because that would get real boring, and uh, I would just look like somebody trying to play. Uh, Reagan by going, yes. <laughs> All right. And speaking of that, are there any other great historical figures you'd like to take a crack at? Um, I would, uh, I'd like to, to take a crack at the shortest president alive. Shortest president alive. Uh, who was alive. I mean, I, I would like to play, uh, I would like to do, just to, to make uh, John Adams six foot four, um, and everybody goes, what? What? But he... Wait a minute. He he was five foot two. Uh, he was uh, he was rotund. Uh, to be completely out of out of what people. But just yeah, like to just uh, elongate, stretch out, and uh, and just turn turn some of these historical figures on 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 their backs, on their ear, and and um, uh, um, I can't wait till people start playing Clinton. He's gonna be wow. That's gonna be so much fun. Maybe when this, uh, what's her name, Monica's book comes out in a couple of months, somebody will finally uh, have the balls to uh, do a real picture about Clinton. How would you like to be up for that? Would you like to play Clinton? Uh, well, I'd love to, but I'm certainly not. Uh, there, there's, uh, there's too many people out there who probably look a little bit more like him. And uh, um, I think all of us who do political figures, uh, uh, have played aspects of Clinton in many of the characters we played because they were so so obvious. And uh, whether it's the tone of voice or the gestures or the or the charm or the dialect, or it, it he's one of those and for all season people that you as an actor would look to and go, well, I'll take a little bit of that. I'll take a little bit of this and maybe concoct a character that is uh, of. Uh, that is unique in that it uses a little bit of everybody. Yeah, okay. Now, it would film like this, again, very over the top, and uh, you've done your share of live comedy, spent many seasons on Spin City, and just hilarious on that show. How do you keep the energy up on a film like this, as opposed to sitcom work, when you have that immediate feedback of a live audience? Uh, you look to people around you, and you go, was that funny? Was that funny? Uh, or or you, you try desperately to make the cameraman uh, laugh. Uh, and 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 they are your um, uh, they are your sort of touchstones. And when you've made the crew laugh, and we've had to reshoot it because they can't use the laughing in the background, you know you're successful. Good. 
Good. Would you like to return to a regular sitcom? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. If if it's uh, shot in L.A., but I'll shoot. I, I'll go anywhere right now just experience. But um, yeah, it's uh, uh, I, I do a pilot almost every year for something that doesn't get picked up. Well, that's the nature of our business. But uh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm up for them. Then the next one I get, I'm sure I'll get on a show. It's. Uh, it's too long since Spin City, and I've I've had I've been up to bat too many times, and uh, now I think I'm ready to go back to work. Okay, good, good. I, I look forward to that. And now we'll you know I'll leave with one one last question. You know, how, having played two of the greatest presidents, what advice would you give to Romney and Obama? What does it take to become the great man? Um, uh, dirty jokes. All right, I'll leave that with that. I think they both should just tell dirty jokes all the time, just like Roosevelt does. He just told dirty jokes and then looked up at them with a big smile on his face and went, well, <laughs> isn't that funny? You know, and, uh, uh, you know, they they, they both are pre- presidential candidates who um, attempt desperately to uh, communicate with a common man but uh, one thing about Roosevelt uh, was that he, he had the ability to do that. Uh, uh, he could talk on their level. He could uh, roll into any room and make them laugh. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think uh, Obama's a bit better at that than uh, Romney, uh, but um, because I think he's just got better timing, generally speaking, and he's a cooler guy. Um, but... Um, uh, yeah, I think it's just get down and dirty and 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 engage the the, the common man and woman, uh, you know, in in a conversation uh, on their level. Uh, and um, and I think a few I think a few jokes and a few laughs go an awful long way to uh, make somebody electable. Because it, many times it shows that their humbleness, you know, and their their self depreciation. Whatever that word, depreciation. No, uh, deprecation. Deprecation. You know, I mean, I think they have to, because to be able to get to that position of running for a president, you have to you have to have pretty strong legs. I mean, you have to you have to have a damn good sense of yourself and uh, and and self confidence and uh, uh, ego and. Uh, but but the trick is to, to, to not let the people see it, uh, uh, but know that it's there because it's the only thing that's it's, that's giving you the strength to make those decisions on on the on the fly. Uh, I could never do it. I I, I double, triple, quadruple think everything. You know, from what do I want in my coffee in the morning? You know, I I these guys they have to have the conviction uh, that is uh, you know human. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's it's an honor. I, you know, you've been uh, one of my favorites for a long time since I was a kid. So thank you so much for your time, and I enjoyed the film. And good luck with that, sir. Well, thank you, and 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 you don't have to call me sir. Uh, and um, all right, can it be recorded calling you Barry? <laughs> call me Barry, or you can call me asshole, because that's what's going to be uh, probably uh, you know when I die on my tombstone. Better known as asshole. <laughs> 
All right, we'll differ on that one. Then. <laughs> That's okay. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Barry. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Thank you, Derek. I'm still in a magical reverie um, of not under, you know, I, I, I was just so in awe of talking to him. I did not get his joke at the end when he, because I never mentioned Rocky Horror in the interview. And then he said, I called him Mr. Bo- I called him Sir. And he said, you can call me asshole. Because mm. everybody eventually does. And I was like, oh, no, you're not. You're not an asshole. It was a great conversation. And, of course, it's a reference to Brad. And I totally didn't think, well done, sir, for completely owning that. That was so, a literary reference, too. It wasn't swearing. No, exactly. Well, yeah. it, was, you know, it was a cinematic allusion. Yeah. Not yeah. a literary Quite. reference, no. Unless you're going to count that graphic novel uh, reprint of the Rocky Horror Picture Show adaptation that's coming soon. But don't get that because even if you're a Rocky Horror fan... That book sucked. Okay, um, I can say because I spent the money then. I won't spend the money this time around. And this is from a man who loves the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It is true. It is a I perfect do. musical. Close to. I'm yeah. going to say the perfect musical, The Book of Mormon. I said thereby, a perfect. Yeah. Thereby tying in to what uh, what Nate <laughs> said up top. And that's the version he means. Uh, Spider-Man so, the musical is better than all of those. I don't know. I'm going to find out about that later. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> Let's talk comics. Uh, so, Trickster, which uh, has for the last two summers at Comic Con been a, a, it's a consortium of, and, and it's spelled by the way with an exclamation point instead of an I. It's cutesy. Um, but the artwork inside is not because people like Mike Mignola were involved, Scott Morse uh, was involved in Trickster. And at any rate, they have been sort of this alternative, kind of the slam dance to the Comic-Con Sundance across the street down in, in downtown San Diego. They're setting up a permanent home because it's been a gallery. It's been an interactive lecture space. Um, and they've offered, they were offering lessons on how to, you know, how to draw, how to put together graphic novels, that kind of thing at Comic-Con. So now it's going to have a permanent home in Berkeley. And I can't say much more about it except that I know that uh, – Steve Niles will be there, I believe, October 13th as sort of an inaugural lecture. So they're going to run this lecture series. And uh, it's at 2631 Ashby Avenue in Berkeley, California. So it'll be open in October and uh, then uh, ostensibly open every day after that. We should go there. We should. I've been trying to get you up to Berkeley to go to Dark Carnival as well. Right. Where else you should go in Berkeley? Uh, As you tell me, Fantastic. Fantastic Comics and... Even more important, dare I say it, I, I don't think giant hamburger Fred's market for a Fred's famous chicken sandwich. If you okay. are friends with Eric Larson on Facebook Where's or even Fred's on market? Twitter, what, what part of Berkeley? Right by the university. There's a. It's actually called the one by the university on the Telegraph side. I don't know. Okay. Come on, Rick. I'm so what you're saying is we could go to Fred's market and get, get a get Fred's a chicken famous sandwich. chicken sandwich, get and a chicken sandwich, and then go to. Fantastic Trickster comics. or Fantastic Comics. Or Fantastic Comics. comics or Trickster or all of the above. Yeah. Or the Dark Crystal that Brick just Dark mentioned. Carnival. <laughs> Dark Carnival. That's a horror <laughs> bookstore, but there's also another comic book store that right was, next door. that uh, Michael Chabon was part of. So mm-hmm. I, and I can't remember what the name of it is, but they're all like, they're not that far apart from each other. not very far apart, really. Uh, and, they were, uh, and the two comic shops both kind of from the ashes of comic relief. So it would be... A field trip. It would be a cool field trip to take. A fun afternoon. And we keep saying that. Just as, like, Nate had the suggestion. I'm just going to throw it out there, Mr. Larson. Nate said you'd totally be open to letting us podcast <laughs> from your new place. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, no, you did. You're good friends with him. I didn't say that. No? 
I'm. <laughs> I neither said I'm good friends with him nor that he would be totally open to us podcasting in his new place. Okay. But didn't you help him with Although this trophy? Although it would be awesome. No, no that, that was, was Robert Kirkman. Kirkman. Oh, Kirkman. You're right. Then we should be podcasting from Robert Kirkman's new place in L.A. Once you get a job Let's down do there. It. Let's do okay. it. Okay. Hey, Kirkman, <laughs> it's out there. We're throwing this down here. You love us. We're a great if podcast. If not your house, the Skybound offices. That'd be great. Yep, um, wonderful place for You podcast. love us. You love us. We're fantastic. We're fun. We, we're clean and neat. We just have little stacks of comics next to us. We're good. Yeah. Okay, that's all we need to do. Our own equipment. You don't even need to borrow a I, power I know. Uh, legible handwriting outlet. That's true. Legible handwriting. That's a pretty useful skill. It is. Yeah. People don't value that enough. What they also don't value enough these days is history. A sense of what happened before a year ago when Dan DiDio and Jeff Johns exploded the DC universe into wait something a minute, called wait a minute, wait a DC's only been around 52. for about a year. That's not true, Rick. They've been around for 80, no, 77 years. All the books say that you've never seen these characters before I a know, year ago. I understand your pain. And here's the one. No, so, I'm serious. I've forgotten all that stuff from before. Oh, that's ago. good. So, so you remember like um, when um, what's his name, Jason Todd, was killed by the Joker, and what? it was a death in the family. Remember that? That still happened. There's, uh, I that think he still got beaten happened. up by the Joker. That's why I'm getting from the book. No, no, no. He got beaten to death, and then he was revived by the Lazarus Pit. That still stands in continuity. Okay. Remember how how. Batman had four Robins in between five to ten years, possibly down to three to two. It's like the Robin of the Month four. Can you subscribe to that? That'd be awesome. (laughs) The Robin of the Month They come in a carton. Remember how Tim Drake, who became the most popular Robin of them all, for good reason, like was a clever character who could have stood on his own, truly did, because he figured out that Batman needed a Robin to, uh, to mellow him out, and that he figured out that... Batman was Bruce Wayne, and he proved himself before he ever, ever put on the Robin suit. And then he got solo series, and everybody loved him, and Robin was awesome. That guy, Tim Drake, he was totally awesome. And now he was never Robin. He's always been Red Robin. Remember how he's always been called Red Robin for some god-unknown, inexplicable reason? people head motions as you do this. Remember an identity crisis? I wish this podcast was rated R. There would be so many expletives flying right now. (laughs) Remember an identity crisis, which Brad Meltzer wrote, which was so awesome, like when, when Bruce Wayne finally accepted all the responsibility for Tim Drake because his father was killed after both his mother had died earlier and all kinds of to- terrible things had gone through and a beautiful rags morales trouble bringing this to remember this ra- beautiful rags morales uh panel of of batman finally giving in and just hugging a weeping tim drake that's realizing- the guy who draws superman right yes the in action comics right you know so that's great okay all of that gone um apparently tim drake's name isn't even tim drake it's it's just Tim. We don't know what his real last name is. Nice. And his parents are actually in witness protection, and they and they uh, are proud of him, but they're in hiding and letting Batman, not Bruce Wayne, because Tim Drake hasn't figured out that Batman and Bruce Wayne are the same person. Uh, Wait, what? Go. Yeah. Tim Drake does not know Batman's secret identity. So he's just living on his own. All the better to go into Scott Wait a Didn't they all show up in the God back, awful back teen Titans just a while ago? Yes. During the Owls thing? Oh, no, Rick. They're going to reprint that and redraw that and rewrite it. Just really? like they did Teen Titans not in the first six issues of Teen Titans. I feel Titan like this together. is it's like the B- DC Universe is now Back to the Future 2. 
A year later, they're revamping what they did a year ago. <laughs> they're already rewriting it. In the reprints, they've changed the ty- the the captions, and it's just a mess. Mm. It's just a mess. And is that uh, a true story? In the reprints, they've changed the captions. Yes, in Teen Titans yeah. number one, which I did actually buy. Why I don't know, um, but I've always had a soft spot for the team. Red Robin appears and says, like he's fighting somebody, and says, "This is the shortest live. We're going to be the shortest, shortest live, live incarnation of the, of the Teen Titans ever." And then Dan DiDio said, "There was never a Teen Titans team before this," and so they reprinted, and they just and he just said, "Wow." You know, like they they removed that panel. There was some other reference to an earlier team, um, and then in Red, we, we should double check Red Hood and the Outlaws because in Red Hood and the Outlaws, Arsenal and Starfire, uh, any and they yeah, mentioned they being on a team before. Yeah. So again, yep. it's like because Cyborg was never a Teen Titan, despite the fact that he's about to appear in DC Nation as part of Teen Titans Go. Shh, that never happened. This is a disgrace. It is. It is a disgrace. Give me that exit strategy. Let Legion Lost be found again. Break through the wall of the Flashpoint or, wall and just restore continuity. And I've got an idea. How about you just worry about telling damn good stories? stories. Or yeah. instead of making your own mark, your legacy will be shame. Okay? <laughs> What's the other thing that Man, can happen? Don't look at me and say What's that. The, your Rick Booster Rick Richland, Booster Gold. Either way, yeah. stop with this legacy of shame, of of confusion and BS. Trying to pander to a new audience that you haven't actually attracted, and yet they they still put in the stuff like the Booster Gold coming back and saying this is right. not how it's supposed to be. Right? I mean, it's like. What kind of? They're not even painting them. They're becoming painting, a DC. They're fan. painting themselves into the corner of a Mobius strip. Being a DC fan has become like being a Star Wars fan. We spend most of our time complaining about how much it sucks, <laughs> but we love it. Oh, we love what it was, right? We're but we still to- buy the products. We're waiting for DC to develop its Clone Wars. We now, want the DC DC to come out with the Blu-ray of the original. Ah. <sighs> So many painful wounds exposed by that statement. Okay. um, Luckily, over in the Marvel Universe, there's one thing we can count on. Captain America is president. Oh, and it's in the Ultimate Universe. It's in the Ultimate. Marvel Ultimate. Marvel Ultimate Universe. Captain America was elected in a landslide write-in vote. Therefore, my T-shirt was not that far off. That apparently he wasn't aware was going on. Right. Right. Well, because he just came back, didn't he? He was like in... Exile for some reason. He exiled himself. I don't think it's been that long. It was a few issues. I don't know. I have Divided we fall. This is United We Stand, right? Right. No, this is still Divided We Fall. Oh, this is the end of Divided We Fall. He just came back right before this. But I know he's just just like uh, ordered Thor to grab the um, president of North Carolina and Iron Man grabs the president of South Carolina. He brings them together and holds them up high and says, now you're going to sign the treaty. He's reuniting the country. And he knocks their heads together. So like, now it's yes. going to be one like character. Three Stooges. Hey, spread out, you knuckleheads. So North and South Carolina. It'll be, just be one Carolina, finally. Mm-hmm. Sweet Carolina. Carolina. And, uh, yeah, he's going over the Colorado Rockies. He's just no due process, uh, subverting all the Constitution. It's well, a, he's Captain America. He can absolutely. Do whatever he wants. I'm sorry. He's got the Constitution on his back. That's right. Mm. If this was an R-rated podcast, I just said something else. Okay. Um, 
So I, I and I'm going to bop back over to DC because we had a request from Brian Shimada. You know, I, I'm totally digging. Thank you for this up in the social media thing of, of let's post. Nate, Nate did it today, I think. Did I you? did it today. That oh, you did Nate. it today. I did okay. it today. Uh, I was excited. I was like, hey, Rick hasn't posted yet. I'll post and say, we're going to podcast tonight. And dudes, hey, Fandroids, uh, any requests? And Brian Shimano says, are there any good DC editors left? And the answer is no. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we did all the research. The because as no. uh, just before we recorded, um, you know, uh, Rick uh, pointed out to me that I spent too much money last week on comics. Again, just I have on a one problem. Book. If only Sci-Fi had a television show that could help me intervene with uh, intervene with my problem. Yes, um, and uh, that show is just the Sci-Fi Network. Um, if you watch that long enough, you don't ever want to watch Sci-Fi ever again. And uh, I bought DC Universe Presents Number Zero, the Zero issue that tied up the loose ends of those books that did not last past the first six issues <laughs> in the original New Fifty Two. Yes, so OMAC. Which was uh, uh, not bad. I enjoyed the original. And let me give, give all due credit, Wait, Dan DiDio. The new original or the old original? I, the original original. The I'm one sorry. By Jack I, Kirby. I enjoyed both the Jack Kirby version and I was enjoying the revamp, accepting that it was just like they were going to throw in every Jack Kirby concept they possibly yes. could uh, without acknowledging that it was all a mishmash it was of other new ideas. ideas. Yeah. Right. Um, but still, yet, it felt, it felt kind of cool. It was better than what's the, the gods, the, the weird one. Um, what, the new gods? No image, uh, does one, uh, Oh, Godland. God? Godland. Godland. It was, it's a lot better than Godland and Godland tries to evoke the same kind of Kirby. Yeah. I kind I mean, I kind of like Godland every time I picked up a couple volumes and thought, yeah, it's clever, but it's, it does, it does work too hard to be like, yeah. The problem is it works too hard to be all the bad things about Kirby, like the like the strange words in quotation yeah. marks and um, you, you, almost a, a faux cosmic awareness that is just not, it's, you know, um, whereas OMAC was just fun. And exactly. I, actually, I'd go so far as to say I love the original Kirby run. I have not liked any of the reboots they've tried since. This one is the closest Listen. to the original Kirby run as any anything DC. Sure. Done. So I enjoyed that. Um, and then the title, you know, each each story title was was a new acronym for OMAC. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, I can't remember what the OM was, but but the AC was already canceled. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was that was funny. But they did go back to that idea that was set up in uh, Infinite Crisis that Batman built Brother I. And I don't really like that concept, especially because it makes Maxwell Lord an idiot when Brother I is doing a – is monologuing to Maxwell Lord and says, I was built by a guy well, – by one of the few who teamed up to defeat – uh, dark side. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> let's see. Then let's let's look at. Uh, I read that book. I believe that only seven heroes were present there. <laughs> exactly. And when you say wasn't the fish guy. And when you say he's the one that doesn't have any powers, uh, by process of elimination, that gets back down to Batman. Yeah. Um. So um, that was weird. Uh. Then there was the Black Hawk, which just like the actual Black Hawk book, I was just kind of skipping over because it was like a bad GI Joe. And uh, although it set up a character named Mother Machine who threatens to come back and do things in the DC universe in the future, who seems almost like kind of a Jack Kirby concept. The name's definitely a Kirby. Is she like Granny yes. Goodness? Uh, no, no, no. She's one of. I mean, she's a member of the Blackhawks. 
who gets kidnapped by uh, the Black Hawk story takes place during Darkseid's invasion. So she's kidnapped by the Parademons. And she's merged with a mother box. It's merged with a mother box. That's so what I was she's say. wandering the streets of DC Earth of the New Fifty Two. So she's Granny Goodness's daughter, mother. That could be. Could be. Yes. Uh, and then uh, there was Dead Man, which just kind of wrapped up the whole Dead Man's uh, search for vengeance. And apparently, the first body that he possessed was the guy who killed him. Now, and that just wrapped that up neatly. Well, I'm nice. like that was just stupid. Remember the but, big but, push Dead Man got, like right when? Uh, yeah, and that was good. Those five yeah. issues that that story was great. I really mm. enjoyed that. Yeah, mm. look at you. I feel like I'm looking at Dead Man right now. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> just going, I'm tired. Can we move on? No, no, no. And the last was Rob Liefeld writing the final Hawk and Dove story. Is it called the final Hawk and Dove? No, story? It was just, that would make it worth buying. Oh no, it was just Hawk and Dove, and it sucked. Marat Michaels did the art, which was pretty good, and I think Marat Michaels was working on Savage Hawkman with um, with uh, Rob Liefeld. And I know they've been friends for a long, 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 long time, and uh, but the story was just incoherent. The Avatar of War and the Avatar, or the actual incarnations, I should say, because Hawk and Dove are the avatars. Uh, of the Lord of of Chaos and the Lord of Order, but life will remove what that myth. What mythos? Or no, from like like trying to create a new mythos, sort of half acidly borrowing from the old mythos that created Hawk and Dove, and a whole new reason why Don Granger uh, was Dove. Uh, and they still had Crisis on Infinite Earths is still nice. referenced because Don Hall had to die. And it was just like... That must have happened over a And weekend. that was the most coherent part about the whole thing. And I was just like... According so, to Rob Liefeld, this is all the editor's faults. How much did this book sure, cost? Sure. Uh, $5.99. that I'll never get back. Oh, God. And the funny thing is that Why OMAC, must you OMAC's still going on in... Uh, Justice League International. Well, Justice League International is over. Yeah. I know, but it, it, I think that story came out after the Zero issue. I don't know. I don't know. No, no. the no Justice League International is done. Justice it's League all International. Up. But the implication in the little, you know, like first appearance, that little um, who's who page, <laughs> yes, does imply that Omax story still will continue somewhere. Somewhere. You know why? Because the guy writing it is Dan DiDio. Yeah. And no one can tell Dan DiDio um, that don't do it. Anymore. No one buys the books that Dan DiDio writes. Mm-hmm. And what reason could that possibly be? People uh, buy books that Rob Liefeld. No, they don't. don't. Um, you know, so um, I like the fact they collected them all into one book that I didn't have to buy. Right. <laughs> it was so convenient. It was. And why is that the one I ended up buying? I don't. You must have been alone. See, I opened that day. I was, and I passed up Sword of Sorcery. Oh, too bad. Well, no, I just thought you'd explained it, and I was like, do I really need it? No, not Probably really. Not. Probably not. But so. I, had, I had actually opened the book that you bought and flipped through and said, no. Okay, well, I just wanted to. Know. I could have found you three books <laughs> that I would have, I would have been buying. <laughs> on and on, like if if Nate had been with me at the shop. These three number ones right now. Seven out of the dollar bin. Well, because I picked up some number ones this week, and I do just want to you know point them out. Uh, happy number one from Image, 
Uh, Grant Morrison and Derek Robertson. We talked about this a few weeks ago. I'm very excited that mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. Grant you Morrison saved that cover. That's a, I know. I have the Mike Allred cover. I have the rare one. I also got the alternate cover on Booms, Steed, and Mrs. Peel based on the old British television series, The Avengers. That's the best oh, art in the whole book right there on the written cover. Written by Mark Wade. But I, I'll let you know after I get a chance to read it. If it's I written. would assume that Mark Wade's writing may make up for your not liking the art. The art. I do not have the problem with the art that you do. No. It's that, but I do agree that the coloring is weak. But honestly, I wish I, I wish I could say better about this the, uh, about Boom than this. But I do feel like in the kids line, you know, because it's cartoony and they've got really great creators working on those. That the art is great. I have not been a fan of most of the artwork that has popped up in a Boom book for you know of the not. Did you yeah. ever uh, read Irredeemable or I did the other one? I did, yeah, yeah. And I like both of those. Incorruptible. Incorruptible. I love, yeah. I love them. They're great stories. Which yeah. again goes to yeah. prove to me, my you know, it's like I will read a book that's a great story. The art was okay in most. of them. It was okay. To but get, I wished, yeah. I wished it was better because I thought this, this, this book has got some. The first couple issues had really good art, and then and it kind of went down to a little more mediocre. Right. This is the the fact of the matter is this is line art with flat color laid into it. Yeah. There's yeah. no texturing. There's yep. no. Yep. There's nothing we've come to expect from comics these days. Yep. Yep. So, so um, you know, and then I bought a bunch of zero issues that are going to disappoint me. Uh, Aquaman goes back to the Batmanification of oh. uh, of every character that Jeff Johns touches. Just to remind us that, you know... Can we start calling that the Johnsification? Well, but I know it's just... I know. You know, it's, it's Batman that set that tone. Right. You know, so it, it, it's frustrating. Um, and yet, I've enjoyed more over it. And, and uh, just to, you know, I, you know, I've been buying these for my son, and I have not actually read any, but he gets a kick out of these Superman family adventures by the, by the, ti- the team that did Tiny Titans. Art Baltazar and oh, yeah, yeah. the yeah. purple Superman that looks like that's the parasite. Parasite, yeah, yeah. But a kid reading this wouldn't Doesn't know that, know so that's funny, man, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's a cute little book there, yeah. and then DC is trying to keep a commitment to uh, to kids' books, you know, like uh, you know Shazam. I read Justice League number zero. Mm. I'm upset. Nah. What? Why you. are you upset? Because it sucks. Oh, it didn't. It, it, it's taking the character in a way it didn't that suck is all the way so not. No, but it's not the character. It's not right. Captain. I know it's not Captain Marvel. I know it's Shazam. I did kind of like him running through the hall of all the vices and pressing well, well, all the buttons. There were things he, there he was, didn't have to press the button. They just showed up when you walked I by. He touched the front plate or something like that. No. To make yeah, he touched this. the first one. Did he? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's like walking along, slapping them as he goes goes by. From yeah, the I mean, he, yeah, he was. A there's some nice kid, things about it, but then but there's still, so, but you can tell there's this whole worldview of like nobody's truly good. And I'm like, yeah. oh crap, uh, you know. And the wizard finally goes, you know, maybe nobody's really good. good. Uh, so yeah. I'll give you the power. And then what does Billy do? Promptly, Gary Frank's art did sell a lot, though. I mean, I, I've got to say that his mastery of expression and oh that, yeah. Like that, that told that so much grin on Captain on Shazam's face. face, or when the woman who he saves says, "You know, how can I ever repay you?" And you know exactly what she's thinking, and he doesn't because he's fifteen and dumb. Yeah, and takes money instead. 
I mean, no, that was the right. No, there was no. He did not do the right thing. He should not have taken any repayment. He's a hero. He should have been a hero. But Gary Frank draws attractive women, so I can't. Forgive me for being tempted. Um, in the Tower Chronicles, uh, right? They came, came yeah. out today from Legendary Comics, which is an independent. Did it come out today? Because I didn't see it in the store. I did not either, but I but they it were might hyping. Be next week. Okay, I think it was. Uh, Nerdus has been sending out a lot of mail on this. Okay, so. Um, Looks interesting. They're, they're trying but, to... yeah, Legendary Comics, uh, their other uh, book had been Frank Miller's Holy Terror. and Universally uh, disliked. What? I heard that. I heard that. Wait till you get to some news later. And um, they are they were the production company that had produced the Christopher Nolan trilogy, uh, Wrath of the Titans, Clash of the Titans, and they're... Uh, and they're producing Superman. And they're producing Superman, Man of Steel. <laughs> Superman. Superman. Hmm. Eh. So they're legendary in their own mind. Uh, so um, <laughs> they they're trying to develop their own. I, I don't know what their deal was with Warner Brothers, but they are a separate enough entity that they're trying to develop their own material. Yeah. Which I assume then they could shop around to other studios. I I don't know. Um, but this one was Simon Bisley Art, which is a selling point to me. Yeah, I'm gonna at least check it out in the store when I see it. All right. Okay. So should we move on to movies? I think we should. Shall we? All right. David J. Fowley, occasional uh, reviewer for us with the keepingitreal.com, who allows me to cross-post uh, his movie reviews from time to time, wrote into our Facebook and said, can we talk about this being the year of Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Mm. Mm. Yes. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that this is the punk kid from Third Rock from the Sun. Absolutely. He is the main reason <laughs> I did not watch that show. I could not stand him really? as a kid. Wow. That's interesting. And yet, how did you feel about him in a little film called The Dark Knight Rises? It was great. He was great. He was great. Uh, uh, the movie wasn't great, but whatever. The movie was okay. But. But. Everybody I know time has a big butt, Nate. Let's talk about yours. Let's. Thanks, Pee Wee. The uh, first movie I realized, wait a minute, that's the same kid that was in Third Rock from the Sun, was G.I. Joe, the terrible version. <laughs> right, because he's Cobra Commander. Like, that, that does feel like that's the, the weak spot. Like, like he was really cool in that movie Brick. I haven't seen it, but everybody talked about how great that was. And, oh, I really wanted to see 50-50 and blah, blah, blah. And you go, yeah, and he was in Premium Rush. Apparently, that's pretty good. And Looper's coming out. And oh, that's right, he was in G- what? <laughs> he was a G.I. Joe as Cobra Commander. Yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, he. I mean, I'm shocked. Good for him for completely turning around his career. No, I'm sorry. Did you watch Silent Live this weekend? Unfortunately, no. Okay, I, I only caught, like I I only caught a lot. couple of sketches. I part of it. I saw it. He came out in the beginning and did uh, the uh, oh, Magic Mike bit. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I saw he was being a Vegas hypnotist later. And at Comedy Sports, we played at the county fair once, and we were sharing the bill with a hypnotist. And I was laughing so hard because he had he totally had every single rhythm of this of the same awesome of the hypnotist. It was like most people watching this probably are not getting why I why, why they're so not going to be laughing for the same reason I am because it's like oh my god he sounds just like that guy we opened for. <laughs> was it like one of those? 
And when I count to three, you'll be asleep. And one, falling, falling. No, no, he has this kind of a tone. And I, I'm the hypnotist. And okay, we're gonna count it in ten. When you hear the word "pi gal," you're going to be, uh, you're going to want Thirsty. to feel very hot, and you're going to take off all your clothes. And the, and the joke was that he was oblivious to the fact the guy, the guy he had pulled out of the audience kept like when he had his back to him was would raise his, his head up and go. <laughs> but still did everything and he goes oh really you're not hypnotized well how then why would you when I count to three reveal the secret you've never shared with anybody one two three I'm sleeping with my wife's sister and she's like in the audience going what what and then she comes up on and she goes I'm not really no, we're all in on the act and like, <laughs> while he was so self-satisfied and I was just like it was a really clever sketch and uh I think uh, SNL, when you get an actor on there, you get to see them kind of stretch. Well, he's game. When he hosted yeah. it uh, a couple of years ago, uh, it was the same thing. Like, he is just, he wants to do it. He did Donald O'Connor's Make Him Laugh number, mm. like, step for step. Uh, you know, he is a fantastic, he can dance, he can sing. He's one of those all-around guys. It's just like, boom, it's out there, you know. And, of course, not there's not going to be a lot of people utilizing everything he can do. But, yes. Yeah. David J. Fowley, this is the year of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I'm fine with it. What else has he got coming out this year? Well, Looper. I mean, he's got oh, three right. major films. He's got Premium Ooh. Rush was doing well. He's got Looper coming, which... I hope Looper's okay. You know, yeah, I don't know. It looks, um, the, I, the, the, the basic plot line of it, that in the future they send people into the past to be assassinated, that mm-hmm. doesn't seem... I don't know. There's got to be a good reason for it. Name that. a movie starring Bruce Willis that isn't good. <laughs> um, Blind Date. Good movie. No, you lie. You <laughs> lie. What's the one where he's the detective? Die Hard that? or Live Forever or whatever the fourth Live one Free was. Live Free or it? Die Hard. Live Free or Die Hard. With that, Kevin Smith, oh, no, that, that movie sucked. No, that was good. That that sucked. Oh, yeah, and what was that Kevin Smith directed one with Tracy Morgan? Cop Out. Good movie. Sucked. No. Suck. No, it was funny. However, I will go back and say Sunset, awesome. I love him in that. Um, I, I I like a lot of Bruce Willis movies. I'm not I'm not denying you. There's the whole there. ten yards. Never saw it. The whole okay. The whole nine yards, charming. The whole ten yards sucked. Okay, so <laughs> Friends cameo. Eh, Cop out was good. Oh God, no, it wasn't. Um, I. Well, let's just agree to disagree because... If you didn't like it, it was because of Tracy Morgan. Because Tracy Morgan cannot act. No, he's he, hilarious. No, he cannot. But he's but, a terrible actor. Uh, favorite moment in 30 Rock last year was when when they said that Tracy Jordan was off his medication and he acts crazy. And from behind his dressing room door, you hear him say, This is really a show within a show and my name is Tracy Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> and they look, and they all look at each other. And go, mm-hmm, see, he's off his meds. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so let me say the talk about the thing that's going to upset you. So apparently, in a nameless Los Angeles comic shop, Hudson thing is going to upset me. It's going to upset everybody. No, oh, no, no. Okay. In a nameless. And by the way, Michael Goodson loves Hudson Hawk, so don't say. Look who's talking to. That's a good movie. Oh, too. and Rugrats meet the Wild Thornberries. That was very that was good a too. Good movie. Yeah, he was Spike the dog. Uh, uh, anyway, are, is it nameless because we literally don't want to name it? Or no, we, li- we literally don't. We literally don't know. It was a blind item on Bleeding Cool, but okay. it's but it spread through the internet like wildfire. So, a Los Angeles uh, 
uh, comic, comic shop. shop. So of my which guess there are Golden Apple Meltdown. My guess Mile is High. my guess is it's one hundred three. It'd be because it would require Warner Brothers being aware of what stores exist. Uh-huh. So I would say it's got to be either Golden Apple Meltdown or possibly even Earth Two. But I have not asked Carr uh, because I figure. What if, about Heidi Ho? I don't think they'd know that Warner Brothers would go that far out to Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, that it would have to be one they were close to. Anyway, two guys claiming to be fans, like in a freshly opened Batman t-shirt where, like, the creases were still there. Like, they, you know, the description <laughs> walked into this shop and started just, like, asking, like, what was hot, what was new, you know. And I do know this is that I've had comic book store owners in L.A. tell me that, like, you can tell when a movie when uh, a property is being circled around because suddenly people come in going like, uh, can I have all the books you have about uh, the, the Savage Land? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm looking for everything you have starring... Uh, uh, Metamorpho? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, you know, uh, Ambush bug. Am- it's not going to happen, Rick. Let's let go. But anyway, so they're going and they're saying like, hey, so yeah, what's the about Justice League? You guys like Justice League? I mean, is that cool? You know, and they're like, yeah, you know. And what would the fans it's like think a narc about trying to see? Yeah, yeah it, it was. It's like, so what would you? What hey, would, man, you got any Justice League you got any books Justice in here? And um, say, you know, what would you think about? What would you think if um, if there was like a Justice League movie, you know, um, made by uh, by by Frank Miller? How would that be? What a novel idea! Suck. Yeah. Okay. So that's basically. <laughs> Kevin McGuire, the artist on Justice League uh, International uh, originally, uh, like basically went, that would be the worst, most horrible thing that could ever possibly happen. So that's been reverberating around the net. But yeah, sure. They that DC has the Warner Brothers has no clue what to do. And and again, I, I gotta say, it's like. Look, I liked Frank Miller in his, in his time, whatever, and Sin City was good, and, you're, and they're yeah. going to move forward with, with uh, Sin City to a dame to kill for. But Frank Miller does not have the sensibility. He is not Joss Whedon. He is not the guy who's a man of the people. He's Frank great Miller, with those own properties, but we've got to remember jo- uh, Frank Miller's the spirit. I still haven't seen it because even you told me not to go. Yeah. So I enjoyed the spirit. You're wrong. Did you ever read yeah, the book? Seen it. Of course not. I'm okay. 33 years old. I'm not 90 like you guys. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I'm an archaeologist. <laughs> you bastard. Sorry. He waited till you were drinking. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Almost got Coke Zero on this delicate equipment. One more microphone we can't take to Eric Larson's house. Thanks. Um, so, huh. I for the record, I am not 90. Okay. Oh. And I did not read The Spirit either. I've never read The Spirit. Where, when I was a boy and I was five years old, my parents gave me a book called The Great Comic Book Heroes, an anthology organized by Jules Pfeiffer, and The Spirit had a story in there. So I knew who he was. I read the reprints when Warren did their... Uh... Sure, because you're old. But um, that's... <laughs> I am not. And uh, anyway, so he's just wrong for it. It's just like, you know, this is the thing where DC keeps screwing up. Well, you lucked out with Christopher Nolan, had an idea, had a vision for Batman. That vision's followed. Zack Snyder, I don't know. Maybe he does have a vision for Man of Steel. I'm willing to give him a chance because I like his visuals. Um, When they were talking about doing a Justice League with George Miller 
directing. There's a guy with a sensibility. And, like, one of the things I think was a problem with Green Lantern is Martin Campbell. Who has any clue what Martin... Martin Campbell's a director whose whole career is based on being invisible. He directs Bond films, which are produced more than directed. And, you know, he just had to turn in the work. So, you know, they just don't get, like, what made the Avengers work was... Joss Whedon. What made Thor work was Kenneth Branagh. What made Captain America work? Joe Johnston. He has an affinity for that World War II kind of jingoistic, fun, all-American material. To the point, and wow. which I think it was uh, Bill Bossert emailed me, and we didn't really talk about it, was that Disney was talking about remaking The Rocketeer. And I don't know what's happened to it, and so we didn't really talk about it because it was just sort of like the rumor cropped up. Disney realizes they have an interesting, pro- they have the rights to an interesting project, um, and the the Blu-ray I guess did okay, even though it was totally bare bones. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. Which I wanted to bring up to you. I'm sorry to go back to comics. The, you've been reading the Cargo of Doom. Yeah, Mark Wade's Rocketeer. Yeah, I think it's totally tying it in, absolutely as thoroughly as it can to Doc Savage. We and talked I have a about theory, this last week off the off the. Uh, and I have a theory that IDW is going to get the rights to Doc Savage. Oh, that'd be cool. Because the villain is John Sunlight. Mm. He hasn't been named, but that's John Sunlight. Yep. So for those of us, those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, wait till IDW launches their Doc Savage series. I'm predicting it here. I am predicting that I, that's the next thing. For licensed. those of you that have John no idea Sunlight what is to is Doc Savage about. as Doctor Doom is to Richard. Re- Besides Richards. the point, I just want to be mysterious for now. Thanks. I just wanted people to know. It's because oh, you're under you've got a, a you've got a problem. Because John what? Sunlight what? actually sounds like he could be a hero. <laughs> Did you say that I was over a certain age? I said for those of you that have no idea what Derek is talking about, it's because you're under a certain age. Oh, actually, the books are all all being reprinted right now. I mean, they're but Doc Savage is from like the 1919s. No, no, he's from 1933. Oh, so is much when later. The Man of You're Bronze thinking of Tarzan, which is from like the 1919s. 1912, uh, actually, because yeah, it's 100 years, it's 100 years old. Ago. This, uh, John Carter is the same way. To the point that even my mother was aware of it. Which is why nobody watched the movie John Carter No, it's because they called the, the movie John Carter. Well, instead uh, of Princess Which of makes Mars. me really worried for that uh, Jack Reacher movie. Yeah, that's because it's uh, called Jack Reacher, Reacher. Yeah. not because it's starring Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is a, a butt-kicking midget. <laughs> <laughs> but but you got to admit, it's a great tagline. The gay porn title is going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't go there, Jack Reacher. <laughs> Either way, yeah. <laughs> like, I was going to go with Reach Around, but huh. okay. Oh, I, I knew you were going there. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. Look, if the kids learn something, you know. Okay. Anyway. Um, Stranger Danger. Oh, speaking. Uh, no, not speaking of Stranger Danger, but <laughs> of a film that we had hoped would do well. Dread. Yeah. Yes. Opened last week. Did either of you guys get a chance to see it? Because I did not. I have no. not had a chance, but I've only heard positive reviews. Right. And it made less than $6 million. That's too bad. not make any sense. I think it's because everyone remembers the old movie. I think, yeah. I think it was it was terribly marketed. Yeah. Terribly marketed. And well, only comic book fans remember the old movie. Regular people, no, don't. no. I think a lot of people. Remember no, no, no. Because it um, had Stallone in it. I have a new, uh, a new coworker, mm-hmm. um, a guy who's younger than you. What? Wow. Yes. Like twenty. He's fourteen. Twenty-five or he's something. Old enough to have a job, but he's younger than me. Yes. We were talking at some faculty at a faculty luncheon, and somebody said, "Like, was that dread coming out?" And and he and the guy even said, 
It's Judge Dredd. It's a remake of Judge Dredd. Like, so he knew. People, if they associated it with anything, they associated it with that film. Yeah. It's unfortunate that I think it's a remake of the old movie and not another take of a better the adaptation of the original material. material. Yeah. So, I mean, that, they had planned a Dredd trilogy. And I just don't think they're going to be able to get it because it just tank- – now, I don't know. We don't know what the European numbers are going to yeah. be. But, uh, and actually, it might be higher in Europe because it all came out of 2000 AD and um, the you British know, It's just like Tintin. It, they yeah. don't care about the Tintin tanked in America. They're going to go th- ahead with the rest of it. Yeah. And, and again – Well, you know, we're like less than a third of what the world take yeah, is on movies. Gang. We're not number one anymore. Yeah. So elect Mitt Romney so we can be number one in the box office yeah. again. So we can prevent ourselves from making movies that are successful. Overseas. I got that slow basilisk blink from uh, from Nate Costa. I love getting that at least once. We're not going to get political on this. No, we're not. We're not. We are going to talk about the Ten Rings, though, uh, which is the terrorist group that was mentioned in Iron Man 1 and is a version, uh, by Dave Tapia mentioned that that has been cropping up as possibly the secret villain in Iron Man 3. That'd and the cool. Ten Rings were the proof that the Mandarin was behind everything in Iron Man 1. And then Iron Man 2 just failed to mention any of it. Yeah. It's too busy with a character called Whiplash that they never bothered calling Whiplash. So, gosh, that movie was a mess. Yeah. Did you get it on Blu-ray? Uh, no, I skipped on. I'll be but getting you're going to get package. it in your set. You're going to get it yeah. in your set. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'll watch it, too. I mean, I don't know what to say about it other than, you know, it's been pretty much confirmed Ben Kingsley is the Mandarin, so we know that. We know the Ten Rings are coming. You know what I hope? I hope they put Kingsley in a long-haired wig. Yeah, I mean, wh- okay. I don't know what to say. Is that They called it a terrorist organization, but what it, what it refers to is that the Mandarin – had rings on all of his fingers, and each had a ring. Well, you know, if you were to power. put any any big thereby super being ten rings, you put any supervillain with a plot worth having in real life, they'd be called a terrorist. You know. Yes, that's true. So, isn't uh, Sir Ben Kingsley a little old? To I be mean, the Mandarin? Yes, the no. Mandarin. The Mandarin is old. However, in current Marvel continuity. He's around the same age looking as Tony Stark. Yeah, but I think they've implied that he's kind of rejuvenated. Yeah. Right. So they're going to rejuvenate Ben Kingsley? I don't think Kingsley looks that old. He's no, not like think, Gandhi he, old. Or, he's old. No. I mean, he's in his late 60s, but I don't think uh, he. He looks great for 60. And you know, they made him look older in Hugo, and he's been in a couple of films where they've made him look older, yeah. but he's not. Don't get. Don't. Oh. I don't think bad no, Nate. Bad Nate. Nate. You look like you're passing gas right now. Again, I think. <laughs> and there's been precedent on this podcast, so I don't. I don't like that face. I obviously don't look like I'm passing gas because if I did, I'd have a big smile on my face. <laughs> I, th- I think if you put Kingsley in the long in a long haired wig and gave him the mu- the Manchu uh, mustache and stuff, he'd he'd be spot you know, on. There must be a better word for that style mustache? of facial hair than it's a Fu Manchu. There must be. They can't, that's what they no. called. It. That's what I I had one in high school. No, you had a handlebar in high school. No, I had a Fu Manchu in high school. Oh, you had my. it stopped here, but then it continued. It continued long. down here. But was it, it went, here? It just went about half an inch off the bottom. Okay, of Okay, so you know what's going to happen next week? What <laughs> we're going to sit down with Debbie Brett Schneider, and we're going to ask, what attracted you to him? <laughs> We met in college. Oh, okay. <laughs> it all makes <laughs> suddenly things clicked into place. Yes. Okay, um, so let's. 
Let's speak of television, shall we? Mm. Mm. I like television. I've caught up on Doctor Who. Have you? Yes. Oh, yes. What did you think of The Power of Three? Uh, I thought it was a very rushed episode. <laughs> it, 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 I read a theory that this season is intentionally fragmented and rushed to give you the feeling that the the companions are having because they're not with the doctor all the time. Okay, then I could buy it. I could buy that because and it's very, especially the power of three was that way. It's very clear that they've that uh, ten years have passed for Rory and Amy, mm. and you know their age. Uh, they make reference to that how we're aging at a different rate than all our friends, and it's harder and harder to explain. Exactly. I mean, I thought that Gone side of it, that side of it was party. very clever. I just sort of thought when the when the plot got resolved, the, the alien threat got resolved. It was like, wait a minute. Why were they kidnapping actual people if the cubes were able to evaluate weaknesses anyway? And why did you have the twins with the weird mouths? Just be, other than Stephen Moffat's production yeah. designers love weird mouths. Yeah, I did. I did That's like sort of like the anti-deliverance when they went back to the hotel, which is the Savoy, or was it? They, they, oh, yeah, yeah, in the and, 1890s. And, yeah. and then they're sitting in the destructed room, and he's saying, how was I supposed to know? Oh, the Zygons were. The Zygons. <laughs> and I'm going, it's the Zygons. They, uh, an, a really old Doctor Who villain right. that hasn't been picked up in forever. Right, right, right. right. So yeah. I sat, I, we paused it, and I told Debbie and Justin what the Zygons were because it was a callback. I mean, it was terrific. How did Debbie feel about that? She's still married to me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just making sure. I'm just saying I've learned a thing or two about relationships over the years, and maybe sometimes it's just best to keep it to yourself and, you know, move on. Just share the joy. I know. I know. That's great. I'm glad you found that person. Uh, so, anyway, <laughs> and then I caught up on A Town Called Mercy, which we really didn't talk about. The big thing was that that was the episode with Ben Browder on it. Yes. Farscape. So, yes. and I want to say, and he's also starring in a web series for a friend of the podcast, uh, of, of Family Planet, who's been a photographer for us, Jeff Berman, called Not For Hire. And I don't know where that project is. I know they've been developing it for some time. Um, small spoiler on, uh, A Town Called Mercy. Town Called Mercy. Uh, Browder does a great Western. He could, he could easily get cast in a western movie yeah no he's, i thought he was well, good yeah and a terrific death scene yeah no I, I i liked it i liked it better than uh our reviewer did drew simchick yeah uh, i'm glad to have drew's reviews i love it he thinks about it really 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 well there's enough room for disagreement in this world oh yeah no but i i, I he his complaint with it was it was more of a star trek episode and with the doctor inserted in but i just liked the overall i i don't think of things as like Oh, it's, it doesn't feel like a Doctor Who episode. I yeah. feel like, did I enjoy that hour? And I really, really enjoyed that hour. No, it was it was it was a typical Doctor Who. It's the one where he walks into this perfect Western town, except there's electricity. Yeah, and why wrong. is there electricity? And well, that should and be you, here. And you notice that all of the episodes so far have had flickering lights, mm. like somebody's trying to drain the power and drain the lights. Because who does that? Who does that? Which villains? that have been wiped out of reality and are trying to come back and are coming back next week. Not the... The Weeping Angels. When the Weeping Angels are in there, they take the light. They take the electricity. So they've been flickering and following them for a decade. That episode looks really cool from the previews. Because it's Baby Angels. Baby Angels. What could be scarier than Weeping Angels? Baby Baby Angels. angels. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, um, and then this week Fringe comes back for its final season, and I'm whoa behind, but I'm going to get them all on Blu-ray and catch up. 
because um, I do like that show. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm entirely caught up and ready to go. All right. Uh, Bill Bossert sent in an Honest Avengers trailer, uh, which I just say, type in Honest Avengers, find it. It's hilarious, people, because that segues into us talking yeah. about this release of Avengers on DVD. Yeah. So you... DVD or in Blu-ray. And- Gentlemen of Leisure. Yes. I sat through and watched all the extras. I got I got this thing yesterday, and uh, I pre-ordered through Amazon. Oh, and you had time. And I had time to mm. sit down and read mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. watch all the uh, previews and mm-hmm. uh, the movie with the Joss Whedon commentary. So I took notes. and the, the uh, But mostly what I want to say was it's it's a wonderful package. From the word go, I mean, when you, you know when you start up a DVD and if you accidentally hit stop on it, and you have to go through all the damn must-play stuff at the mm-hmm. beginning again. This is this is really sparse on that stuff, and you can oh, get good. right back into good, the trailer. I am very irritated by that. The trailer, the 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 menu system is is wonderful. There are a couple of easy to find Easter eggs. They've got this second screen thing on the iPad that I think is not fully released yet, because it's supposed to sync between what you're looking at on the screen and what you see on the iPad. Disney's been doing the second screen for some time, and in fact, I have. An Avengers app that they had sent yes. earlier, so that's um, and I've got that, and that gives you access to some additional materials, but it doesn't seem to be taking any cues from what you're seeing on the screen. It's supposed to, and there's a part of it that is not accessible yet. There are like two or three things that okay, I think they have not downloaded be, they're, yet. They're a little behind, and so release. they're probably so that's still coming. Still, the app itself is a free download, and it had more. It had more like Avengers files. There are some that are not unlocked yet, like the Nick Fury one wasn't unlocked. But the files themselves are really kind of cool. You get, um, for like for the Captain America one, you you saw the screen and there were all these little pull-downs. You could watch the video of him during World War II that he sees during the movie. You can see, you can flip through all of Agent Coulson's uh, mm-hmm. trading cards. Oh. The, the fronts and backs. Uh, no blood. Um, he was an LMD, it's fine. And you can see... <laughs> You hold he was a, on he was to a that? bloody LMD. You hold on to that? I'm holding on to well, it. Well, you know, I had a question about that. Do the LMDs know they're LMDs? Yes. Damn it. Yes. Um, They don't have to know. Maybe they don't. I guess they don't have they to. They could be probably be programmed so they don't know. The, um, the, the Captain America one, for example, has a 3D shield that you can rotate. And first you go... Oh, well, that's not going to be cool, but it's really very cool to to flip it around and see the see the way that the uh, the straps are attached to the shield and stuff, and it's very high res, very okay. beautiful stuff. Um, the when you when you come into the menu system, you go into this kind of three dimensional blueprint of the helicarrier, which takes you down through a hallway into the into the control room that they not the control room, but the room they were in where the guy was playing Galaga. Where no no not not the, the front lab. control room okay. the lab I, you know just because I, because I know this could, we could do like a whole hour to I'm not gonna, this. I, no wait now just how many times did you nerdgasm uh, about every three or four seconds okay <laughs> too many Christmas <laughs> yeah it's a good thing you don't work so uh, quickly the bonus the bonus stuff there's I a, mean day job I mean he works right there, you know yeah. there's yeah, a director yeah. director uh, commentary by Joss Whedon. Which is possibly the best director commentary I've ever listened to. For one, it's just him. So you don't have any of that phony back and forth. Talk I don't want stuff. to hear anybody else. You're right. And he is so refreshingly honest about 
what they planned, what they didn't do, what things got screwed up and how they had to do yeah. different changes and stuff. You really actually learn quite a bit about the film. And you also get the joy. It's funny because he says at one point, everyone else was having a real great time. I never have a good time because I'm busy making a film. And that's work for me. Yeah. But you, but you really get the the feeling of the joy. He brings out, he's you know, like the... the uh, the, the actors when they're playing off each other and he's going and they were really uh, between the shots they were they were just having a great you know a yeah. wonderful time playing with each other um there's there's a one shot called item 47 which right. is a short, short film it's like it's a 12 like 10, minute yeah 12 longer minute than the others have been and very well put together um the the MacGuffin i think is not too much of a secret no it's we've already the, we've already talked about it on the podcast weeks ago the alien tech yeah and but there i would say oddly enough in this short film there's a there's a post credit scene that <laughs> i think you have to watch for be sure to stay through so be sure to stay through there is a very 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 funny gag reel okay it's the apparently it's the first one marvel's ever done the deleted and extended scenes are all pretty good um, a lot of them we've already seen. Yeah, explain that to me. So yeah. I was going to say that because I watched one. I watched the Captain America kind and of beginning. I'd already seen that one before. Yeah. No, I mean, no, I mean, I watched that online. And that's uh-huh. a frustrating thing to me. I want those deleted scenes to be a surprise, and yet almost all of them seem to have leaked out onto the yeah. internet. I mean, and leaked. I mean, Marvel put them out there. There's no question. I can remember that sitting at somebody at Disney going, like, guess what? This wasn't like, it wasn't leaked. It was like, the studio did it. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like this false thing. But it's an advertisement. Yeah, but I, I want to save it. That's like that's what I love watching on the on on DVDs. And at you this can point. still watch them. And and the, what I was going to say though is the ones that they hadn't leaked. There are a couple that are pre post production work. Oh yeah. So there's like some footage of some uh, mo mocap actors yeah. with Hawkeye and the Black Widow on the aqueduct fighting. Oh, okay. And it's a green screen shot. But what you can appreciate in that is how much the regular actors were doing in that scene mm-hmm. and what got put in afterwards. It really um well, Scarlett, good Scarlett Johansson was really being throwing herself around on that set. Um and and uh what's what you don't realize is that Hawkeye's arrows are almost all CG. Even when he's pulling him out of the quiver and putting them into into the, well, into I totally the bow, believe that. I totally the, believe uh, that. So um, the bow itself is partially CD when C, CG when he when he he does the fist pump with it to yeah. shake shake out the other parts. They don't actually shake out in real right, life. Right. That's all. That's all comes out because I think it just it kind of snaps in faster. Well, and than you it can't you know you, you play with any kind of mechanical thing that like even those trick uh, you know uh, canes that magicians have. You can you you have to be so so smooth, and you still can't get a hundred percent of the time of that trick cane opening up. Yeah, you know. So CG, you've got to you know that's the only way to guarantee it'll happen. Yep. So so uh, the, so the deleted and extended scenes are. I mean, are magicians okay. actually do magic. Don't they, sorry, kids. Yes, I I don't know anything about those trick canes. There I, there are two like behind the scene featurettes. That are were fun to watch. I mean, it's a lot of a lot of stuff that is not actual footage. It's footage around the footage and where they're yeah. talking about setting up shots and stuff. The Soundgarden video, uh, "Live to Rise," which is uh, okay. is cool. a nice nice one. Uh, I mentioned the personnel files uh, and the second screen app. Um, it's it was just uh, I'm I was uh, very very happy with this purchase. So. <laughs> 
I'm happy with mine too. Someday I'll get to open it up and watch it. Someday I'll get to go to the store and buy it. And and uh, we may let's let's uh, make a pledge oh, to try and. There was what? one other one bit no. of controversy we had last week, and that had to do with the spear. Yes, and it is maintained. In the American, in the American, it is actually okay. protruding out Thank of Colson's front. Thank you. Front. All right. So, so one we may table for next week, just because it just came out, and none of it. I don't think any of us had a chance to watch it. Was the Dark Knight Returns Part One? No, it just got it today. You just got it today. So I got a copy as well. Let us Let's uh, watch it, and watch talk it, it and talk week. about it next week. Yeah. So um, you got the ultraviolet version. Yeah, this ultraviolet thing is interesting. Uh, Sony's doing that too, so that's a new system. Uh, for digital, so maybe we can talk about that a little bit now that I understand digital a little better. Yeah. Um, and then I did want to uh, shout out, and I need to watch the extras, The Big Bang Theory, which uh, starts up again this week. Uh, season five is out on DVD, and so uh, I I have all the seasons, and I, I it, it's uh, for geeks nice to still have it. And the extras are uh, there's always something interesting in the extras, so I'll, I'll give you a heads up next week as to what the extra worth picking up his for comic book man is coming back too yes i got it anything about that so amc and walking dead and yes. and walking dead October i assume we already knew yes and comic book man's coming out right exactly so i thought it wasn't worth mentioning because it's you'd already know okay all yes. right how about avengers alliance anything new on avengers alliance this week special ops three started last friday which means it's avengers versus x-men Oh. Oh. And it loosely, quasi, almost follows the comic book. Uh, Is the Phoenix Horse involved? Yes. Does it have tighter continuity? I would say the (laughs) continuity is so much tighter than the actual comic book story. It's almost a better story than what's in the comic. Wow. Basically, the Phoenix comes to Earth. It splits into five. It doesn't tell you all the backstory, how it split and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But you've got the X-Men versus the Avengers. The Avengers just want the X-Men to give up the Phoenix Force because they know that yeah. it can destroy the Earth. So they're not doing the whole hope thing. No, hope is not a character. It's um, so they magic. So skip that already. Yeah. Magic? She was one of the ones who got the Phoenix Force. Uh, yes. Yeah. But Snowflake. She's, yeah. It's just the five... X-Men that get the Phoenix Force okay. versus the five, six Avengers that were in the movie. So who's the six X-Men? I don't remember. Anyway. Uh, oh, because Namor's, Namor's not in the game. Oh. Um, but anyway, yeah. So it, once you pass Special Ops, they give you 25 tasks that you have to complete. And then you can have magic as a character on your team. Nice. Mm. Yeah. All right. So there you go, Dave Tapia. We answer. Unless you wanted to hear something else, Dave. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe ask an actual question instead of. And one last statement. thing, because last weekend uh, we saw we we both saw musicals extravaganzas based on beloved world literature. Yes. I saw Book of Mormon. You saw Batman Live. I saw and Batman we talk Live. About Batman the Arena Live. Show. The Arena Show. So talk about Batman Live, the Arena Show, which so, we had a, a letter a couple weeks ago, you know, which was exciting. We we arrived a little bit late. <gasps> I, 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 so you don't know how it started? No, I know exactly how it started. Apparently, I sat next. The guy I was sitting next to said, "Yeah, you only you missed very little because they didn't really do much with the. Uh, it's it's a kids show. I of think course it is. At the heart, this thing is for the kid and all of us." 
the the Batman fan who still it's hard. It's a Joel Schumacher design. It's, it's very much very much a Joel Schumacher. Oh, no nipples on the suit. Excellent. And if you thrill, if you thrill to the original Batman tune, I think this. If part of you still kind of gets excited, you when mean? Yeah, I totally thrilled to that. Then then this is definitely a show for you. It was it's because it's an arena show and it's live and it's. Big. I mean, it is, it is huge. When we've been talking about the streets and the city and the, the screen, the screen itself is amazing behind it. It's a Batman, a bat symbol-shaped screen, LED lit, brilliant, beautiful artwork on it, and it opens up in the center to let props and scenery and actors in and out of it. It's the... It, it serves as Gotham Manor. Gotham Manor it serves as Arkham's... Wayne Manor. Gotham's backdrop the yeah, skyline yeah, yeah, yeah. arkham asylum it's part of that and then the stage extends for a good 150 yards off of it to the point where at one point the batmobile drives out onto the stage through this the scene and then parks in the middle of the stage where bruce and if and i were a kid Dick, i'd lose consciousness oh it's just amazing and you know we were i was showing you before they actually at this show have a hot wheels edition in in plastic case of a very very cool take and again on the just want to say kid McCaw did not want me to take him oh yeah well when he's older he'll say dad why didn't you ever take me to the Batman mm, yeah just like his mother yeah maybe he'll change his mind but and then you won't be able to get if this show is coming to your town um yeah, and I believe it is because this is early. It. Getting in the, San, in the San Francisco Bay Area was early. It's, it's in the an run. early, in early the, American it's, run. It's played in Europe for a while, and now it's coming around. And um, it's a staging and a, a theater. Uh, you know, you've got every Batman villain that you could mention off the top of your head. They have a, a scare. Uh, Clayface in there, but oddly enough, he was playing the Joker. Um, <laughs> no, Clayface actually isn't in it. Um, the, they had they had the scarecrow and it was almost the scarecrow from the from the uh, Arkham oh, no. Asylum because he's huge he's like three times as high as that's Batman. bat guano insane that is it was he absolutely scares me fabulous. in that game every time I play that game the scarecrow terrifies me but he's kind of he's that size but he's more the the he's the killer. straw it was Killer Croc in yeah. There. Uh, Killer Croc was not in there. Oh, so you got God. Batman, you've got the Riddler, you got the Joker, the Penguin, uh, Two Face, uh, Catwoman. Catwoman does some aerial stuff. Black Mask is not in it. Maxi Zeus. They really play up the whole Batman and Catwoman boyfriend girlfriend thing. Okay. There are two Poison extended Ivy. kisses. Poison Ivy is in it. Okay. And there, there's a she great line. A cameo. But, you know, she's got on a really short skirt and then, high heels during her cameo. Then I'm fine with that. Uh, there, said, there's just, always go for the redhead. Always. There's a scene. I did. I know. This was just saying, you know, we're in the house. We're going to say it. There's so. a scene where in the Batcave where Bruce is about to take off to go to Arkham Asylum, which has been taken over, of course, by the criminals. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alfred brings up on the Bat Bat computer which now is the big screen behind mm-hmm. you all of the all of the uh, info cards for each one of the villains and poison ivy is up there and goes be careful of poison ivy master bruce and he says i will be alfred and he goes uh, i've taken remember what happened last time he says i've taken precautions he goes that's what you said last time right before you kissed her <laughs> so cool. firefly is firefly in there no, Garfield Lentz. No, but uh, uh, there is there is a great scene where Batman. I think we've named everybody we've named is not in there. I know, top of a, our head. I know that's I'm just gonna <laughs> the top of your head. Scarface. We did mention that. Uh, let's no. see how how other night Tweedledee and Tweedledum. They were sitting in the row behind me. Mad Hatter. <laughs> Mad Hatter. 
Matt Hatter in there? He was selling stuff out in the uh, lobby. Oh, you were selling food. They did. They did actually have egghead. They had. They had full size bookworm. They here's here's what's cool. Most of the times you go to these things, it's, and the the um the stuff you can buy the the the, yeah. the merchandise merchandise is really overpriced. This was not the case. That Hot Wheels car that I got you, ten bucks was, and you'd say in a case like this, that's that's entirely reasonable. That is, considering we paid like five bucks at Comic Con for like we had that Tron cycle a couple of years ago. They had they had full they had size Tron cycles, full size Tron. adult Batman capes for fifteen dollars. What? <laughs> you know what's awful? This is Louisa. Full size adult diapers is what? I <laughs> really. Full size so you Batman don't have to leave the show. <laughs> I don't want to. I exactly. know. I agree with that. Uh, $15 for a full size Batman cape? Yes. Now, the best thing was when we were leaving. I'm going to call out my son right now. What was wrong with you, kid? I would have taken you to this. We were leaving oh. We were leaving the show. How was Act 2? Act 2 was better than Act 1. Kid? <laughs> Because he would have been wanting to go after Act One, right? Yeah, as he says, he can't stand Act. He's he's good through Act One, and then he doesn't want to stay for Act Two. No, Act Two is totally much better than Act One. So, as we're leaving the show, (laughs) and outside, there's a family, and their youngest child is dressed as Batman, the full Batman suit, probably uh, probably an upscale. He was 34. Did he have extendo (laughs) wings like the kid we saw? Oh, it uh, went big wow, big wow. No, he he just he had a regular cape on, but. You remember if you remember downtown around the pavilion, they have those floodlights that are mounted into the concrete. Oh, so you mean those up. bat signals? So no. <laughs> so he's standing over one of those lights, so he's underlit, <sighs> and he's getting his picture taken. And I stopped to take his picture, but we're driving away, and there's another kid walking down the street. He's got a bat Batman yeah. thing. So I roll down the window on Debbie's side and I yell out, "Hey, Batman! Good job!" And Debbie goes, he actually looks more like a vampire. I go, I'm not going to write, I'm not going to yell out, hey, vampire, good <laughs> shit. <laughs> hey, kid, here's the problem with your costume. <laughs> exactly. You know what? You've gotten better because I think three years ago, I probably you would have criticized him from a t- <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Wrong shirt. <laughs> Be yeah. for his own good. I'm sorry. That was a, that was a Dick Sprang shirt <laughs> with a Neil Adams mask. I can't get behind that kid. <laughs> No, exactly. To the best of my knowledge, you've never done that. All right. So, well, if you've got any questions, comments, compliments, commentary. If you've seen Batman Live and have an alternate opinion. And would like to just taunt me. Were you not talking about your show that you saw? Yeah, Book of Mormon was great. I mean, you know, it's been around for a couple of years. Yeah, you know, it's on the national tour starting. So if you can get a ticket, I've got to say it, it was on every level. Like Lon asked me. And Lon does not like Broadway shows. And I said, that show was so good, I think even you would like it. It's so irreverent. It's so funny. Well, there's definitely parts he'd like. But so well-constructed in terms of Broadway conventions mm-hmm. while mocking Broadway at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just an incredible, Parker incredible and show. Brilliant. And my favorite, one of the things that I shouldn't say my favorite, but one thing I really liked about it, and I posted this on my Facebook, is that in the program, in the regular playbill, not the actual like souvenir program for fifteen twenty bucks. Yeah. In the program, uh, a Mormon organization. I can't say officially the church itself, but but bookofmormon.org. dot uh, org. So please, yes, a dummy corporation for the, sh- the church because its purpose is to give away books of Mormon. Uh, was took out th- hiding well. Took out three 
ads. Like, you've seen the play, now read the book. The book's always better than the, than the play, <laughs> you know, and finding the truth. And I thought, you know, in in our worldwide crises that are going on over our interpretations of religious of text. Who's a religious text, that's the way to handle it is right. gently you smile, you say, okay, here it is. How about let's invite discussion? Now you've seen their view your viewpoint of it. Why don't you decide for yourself? Absolutely. Approach everyone as intelligent because believe me, everybody there thinks that they're being all very clever. And you know what? If a couple people read the Book of Mormon, that's also a point of the, the point of the musical. If you decide that Mormonism is for you, that's actually okay. Is so, there a way to apply this line of reasoning to the DC Zero issues? No. Oh. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I would like to have a sit-down with Dan DiDio. <laughs> I would invite him into this home, uh, and I'll tell him what I think of him. Mr. DiDio, can I have a job? Okay, that was uh, that's what would really happen. Uh, so, you know what? Oh, sure, like everybody else on the Internet, I'm brave when I don't have to face them. Mm. Okay, so anyway, if you've got any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, write it into editor at fanboyplanet.com. If you uh, have picked this up on iTunes, please rate us. Please subscribe to us. Please tell a friend. Listen to us on on the Stitcher app or check us out at www.fanboyplanet.com. You can also use the Amazon box. Anything you hear about hear about on the podcast, you can get on the Amazon box on the sidebar on fanboyplanet.com. Drop by our Facebook page on Wednesday afternoons. And PST. absolutely, and we open the conversation up and we ask you guys for the topics you want to hear us talk about. So that's great. Join us on Facebook. And until next week. And we are going to be changing. I guess we can say this. I mean, we're going to be changing our recording nights to Thursday nights for the foreseeable future because of a time conflict. Thank you guys for being so flexible for me. Uh, for a time conflict that I have, it's completely my fault. We'll be recording on Thursday nights, which may mean that all the important news that usually happens on Thursday mornings after we've recorded on Wednesday night, maybe we'll actually be on top of it. What? And yeah, that's kind of exciting. So next Thursday we'll meet and record. Uh, so... Until then, I will remain Derek McCaw. And as always, I am Nate Costa, and I'm still looking for a job in L.A. So people that work in L.A. that are hiring and are listening to this podcast, shoot me an email and I will send you my resume ASAP. You know what? And he's a pleasure to work with. I was in a car with him for four and a half hours Friday. It was Nine great. Nine hours total. Nine hours total. And, mm. we, and, and we're and we still <laughs> talking to each other. So wow. that's how good I like Nate the matching is. tattoos, too, by the way. <laughs> what? Oh. Thank you. <laughs> what? Okay. And, and you I'm, are. I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers, powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.